Good morning. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the sound of my voice. My name is Rachel, and this is Word Today. How is everyone? How is your Tuesday? How is your week so far? Ready for Easter? Wow, didn't we, uh, didn't we just, you know, celebrate New Year? And we are already halfway in the month of April. It's just amazing how time flies. Uh, on our own eyes and there's nothing we can do about that and so here at word today we have decided to focus one thing that is important one thing that matters it is that you get ready you prepare we prepare ourselves to meet Jesus anytime and we do this by always checking in in his word knowing him learning about him that's that's where the preparation is that's where sanctification happens uh, and we do that one one verse at a time one verse at a time and today we're gonna jump in the verse for today is from the book of Philippians. Let's go there. Philippians 2, verse 8. Philippians 2, verse 8. This is what the word of God says. I have... Oh, sorry. Oh, this is what the verse says. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross this is what jesus did this is what god the creator of everything the giver of life the maker of heaven and earth appeared as a man appeared as a man We are told uh, that he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death and even the death of the cross. Let that sink. God, who made the sun, who made the sky, who put the stars, know by their names, who created 
everything out of nothing who said let there be light and light shone out of darkness when you just look around you everything that you know there is eternal intelligence god made them in this verse we are told he became a man a legro man like you and i he walked on this planet he preached the good news he humbled himself even to the death of the cross for you and i what does that tell you today what does this verse tell you today i'm going to take you the direction that um it took me this morning as i was meditating on it um the first thing that came to mind at that point was i want to be humble i want to be humble the way jesus was i want to be obedient the way jesus was that's that's the first thing that came it's um uh, i would say <laughs> sometimes we read uh the word and then we come to ourselves and start looking at ourselves what that what this verse saying about me what this verse want me to do what how do i apply this verse in my own life and what i saw at first was i'm not humble enough i'm not obedient enough i would love to be humble i'd be love to be obedient um so i went right away i starting praying the verse asking god to help me be humble to help me be obedient but before i finished that prayer something in my spirit is snapped that's not a right prayer to pray asking god to help me be humble asking god to help me be obedient it's saying to him jesus is obedience jesus is humility is not enough it's it's trying to um the 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 um self performance self righteousness i just my spirit caught that right away it's like taking control as though i live my own life again under the law but if you're in christ 
the reality is you are no longer living. It's him who live in you. He humbled himself. He went to the cross so that he can take your life and give you his. So it's no longer you who live, but he. Galatians 2.20 says that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This verse is not telling me what to, to do. It's not commanding me to to be humble or commanding me to to be obedient. This verse it, it is showing me what Jesus did. And Jesus did for me. We exchange. He took my life, I took his. I died to myself. I now live in him. Or him living in me. Whichever way you want to put this way. The point is we are united now. It's no longer I but he. Where he start and where I end I I don't know. But it, it's we are together. We we are united. We are joined together. So it's not about me. It's not now how do I perform since Jesus have done this, have set an example, how do I perform? That's that's not what this verse is telling me. Colossians uh, 3.3 For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 2.20 If you have died with Christ to spiritual forces of the world, why as though you still belong to the world do you submit to its regulation? You have died. You have died with Christ. You cannot come back again to life and start being obedient, being humble. Jesus already did and and he did on me on my behalf. I had uh, one time Oprah saying, you know, Jesus the way she understood she understand Jesus because she used to be Baptist, you know, she grew up in church. So the way she understand Jesus is that Jesus came to set an example for us how we ought to live. Um yeah, he did. He set an example for uh self-righteous people, for people who want to perform to get to God. People who say there are many ways to God. Yeah, there are many ways if if if, if they reject Christ. But God only have one way and that's his son Jesus. That's why he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death to make a way for you and I to get to God. But for those who were looking for their own self-righteousness, then they look at Jesus and say, Jesus, he set an example for us, we should live like him. Try you cannot measure up. 
you cannot get even close. When God gave uh, the children of Israel Ten Commandments, they said, yeah, we're going to do them. It, it, it looked like they were simple. They broke them over and over and over again. In those commandments, if they were here today, and, and I know that men, Christians, are trying to bring them back, thinking it's better for them to... It's just pride. They will break them over and over and over again. The same thing like the children of Israel did. They cannot keep God's commandment. We cannot perform this. I break these things all the time. How many times I promise I'm going to do something? I don't do it. These are not, not nobody put those laws. I put myself I say, you know what? I make an appointment with somebody. I make an appointment to do something. The time comes, I decide I don't want to do it. Like that. Now imagine somebody give you those laws that you should follow them perfectly. Or if you break one, you break them all. You start all over again. It's impossible. But for those self-righteous people who want to perform, yes, Jesus came and set an example. In fact, he made a very, the highest example, more than even Ten Commandments. He said, ah, you say that you should not murder. I tell you, a person who look in a man or a woman in a lustful way, they commit adultery. You should not commit adultery. Just to look at somebody in a lustful way, you committed it. But that one was not in Ten Commandments. Jesus came and said, this is what it means. Can you do it? What he was showing us, what he was showing them is that you cannot be right with God on your own merits. God has to save you. That's why he sent me. So I cannot be obedient more than Jesus obeyed. I cannot be more humble I cannot be humble enough more than how Jesus was humble on my behalf his obedience his humility he gave them to me he gave them he went he humbled himself he obeyed God's law perfectly to the point of death, to the point of the cross, to satisfy God's righteous judgment. And then he said, look, take this. Now, in the eyes of God, you are humble. In the eyes of God, you are obedient. Take this. I have done it for you. How awesome is that? The only labor, the only effort I need to make is to enter into Jesus' rest, is to, to, to receive that. Hebrews 4 verse 11 tells us, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience. Disobedience happened when we try 
to do things righteousness to be right with God on our own we gonna f- fail over and over we can look at an example of king Saul and king David <laughs> David was a sinner just like Saul was a sinner in fact if you look at at the the, the levels of sins if there are levels i think david sinned even severe more than than Saul david murdered somebody he killed he he he, he shed blood of someone yet he was forgiven yet he is honored forever his kingdom was established by god forever Saul disobey <laughs> one once it was enough for his kingdom to be cut off by sacrificing by sparing uh, some of the enemies God told them to told him to destroy them that that was Saul's sin his kingdom was cut off that's the difference between self-righteous and those who receive the righteousness of God. D- David received God's righteousness. God, David received God's salvation. David received God's favor. It's God who initiated. It's God who gave it to him. While Saul was trying to receive from God by his works. And I, this is so fresh in my mind because I'm I'm on my Bible plan I'm I'm reading a lot on uh, Old Testament. So it's still fresh in my mind because I have been reading uh the these two kings in the past few weeks. It's just amazing. It's just amazing and you would say <laughs> Saul was just minding his own business. He didn't even ask for the kingdom. But he the people by the people's request, they request the king and he happened to be the first king that God put him there to show the people that they cannot they cannot be right with him on their own merits it's really that's that's what it is and it happened so was the one had to bear that cross he had to bear that to fulfill that purpose for god showing himself to us who he is and how he does things of his kingdom and you got to remember all of us uh his making he made all of us so he can do whatever he want as he please he can choose anybody to give that person any task heavy burden task or easy you can ask people like judas people like um who was um yeah judas is is is, is a perfect example judas and so they are law and pharaoh you can ask people like pharaoh i was reading the 10 plaque in egypt 
you would think after the first or second plague, uh, Pharaoh would let the children of Israel leave. It, it was so much. It was severe. Yes, we are reading. We are we are reading in 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 the in that um, that God hadn't so I mean Pharaoh's heart. He wouldn't let the children of, of Israel leave. That, that's what the Bible say. So Pharaoh received punishment after punishment after punishment. Him and his people. His heart was being hardened and hardened and hardened. Until after 10 plagues fell on the Egyptians. And the, the, the last one. And most of those plagues, they never happened before in human history. And they will never happen again, according to the Bible. The last one, every single family, every single family of the Egyptian lost their firstborn. Every single family. It didn't matter how old that firstborn was, whether they were two years old or they were 60 years old. Every firstborn of each family of Egyptian, starting from Pharaoh to somebody who worked in dungeon, lost their firstborn. Can you imagine the entire nation in one day crying, each and every single family crying for their firstborn children? It, you cannot even imagine but it happened. It happened. And why? There's a reason. Let me read it. The reason God gave us is he wanted to show his power. Pharaoh, for the, he said, for the very reason. I believe it's Exodus 12 verse um, 16, if I'm not mistaken. For the very reason God raised up Pharaoh, so that he will show him his power and that his name will be made known into the whole world. Yeah. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised up you that I may show my power in you and that my, my name may be declared in all the earth. Exodus 9, verse 16. That's the purpose. So Pharaoh has to go through that. If Pharaoh knew from the very beginning that going to happen to him, and if he have a choice to decide to go through or not, most likely Pharaoh would say, no, Lord, go choose somebody else. So let's get back to Philippians 2, 8. Jesus died. Jesus humbled himself. So that you and I can receive that perfect humility, perfect obedience. And rest in him. How do we respond then to this verse? How do we respond to know this truth? We thank him. We rejoice. We rejoice, we praise, we exalt his name, we declare his name all 
over the world to the end of earth. We give thanks. That's our response. Our response is not us trying to perform. Our response is to give him thanks, to worship him. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this truth. When we know the truth, your truth set us free indeed. And every time we open your word, may your truth, Father, explode in our mind and in our hearts. May we not try to overdo or to undo anything that you already have done for us, Father. May we be reminded all the time what Christ did for us and how we ought to respond properly. We thank you, Father. For this wonderful, wonderful, amazing grace. We thank you for this truth. We thank you, Father, for Jesus. Oh, Lord. Your wisdom is beyond what we can comprehend. At what you have given us, we rejoice. We glory. We honor and we give you thanks and praise in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to leave you with um, one of my favorite verse in the whole universe. It's found in 2 Corinthians 4. I believe it's verse 6, if I'm not mistaken. Verse 5 over 6, it says, God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So let that verse be your meditation today. In Jesus' name. Till next time. of good cheer in Jesus name.